Now, I have a confession to make. The Bible actually says to confess your sins one to another. So I am going to confess my sin before you right now. So last Christmas, I just need to tell you, it's really honest. It's a little embarrassing, but I'm going to tell you, this is what last Christmas morning looked like for me in my house. Under the tree, these were the gifts for my children. And these were the gifts for me. I'm just, I'm just admitting my sin. I know it's wrong, but please let me explain myself. So my wife figured out that I'm a gifts guy. So she knows I love, first of all, I love giving gifts. Whatever you like to do for people is actually what you want done for you. That's how that works, by the way. So if you study love languages, some people are quality time, acts of service, maybe your words of affirmation, quality touch. You know, but for me, I'm all about gift giving. I love giving gifts. And so, in fact, we were at Baylor the other day because uh, my, my daughter's looking to go in there. So we did the whole tour thing. We went to the bookstore. I wasn't looking for anything for me. I have a friend on my staff that went to Baylor. So I was trying to find him a sweatshirt. So, and I did. I didn't buy myself a thing. I bought him a sweatshirt and I loved it. So it's not me being selfish. I love giving gifts also. But my wife knows this about me. So she has started ramping it up big time to where I have the most gifts under the tree which is really cool until this last year, I realized that my kids sat and watched me open three times <laughs> the amount of gifts that they got. And I found out, I was like, I feel so incredibly selfish. This is now backfiring. And so I, I remember saying to my wife, honey, this is the first time ever I'm gonna say this, but I actually want a little less gifts or maybe we'll let the kids leave then you can bring them all out. Let's do that, I like that. <laughs> but I, you know, we're talking about the traditions of Christmas this year. And so each week, I'm going to be talking about different traditions and how they're tied to the biblical truth of Christmas, of the story. And of course, the biggest thing about Christmas every year is what? It's gift giving and gift receiving. And so I thought, let's start with the story of the wise men, because that's where we get the whole concept of giving gifts to one another, because they brought gifts to Jesus. But before I go any further, let me just ask you a question. When it comes to your life and you giving to the Lord, honestly, compared to the pile you have versus what you're willing to give to God, not just financially, but your life, your influence, your time, everything. When it comes to your giving to God, does your gift to the Lord look more like this or, or like this? And, and I'm going to be honest. I mean, I'm telling myself today, sometimes I think I make my life a little more about my own pile than about God. So today, as we talk about giving, I, I got to be honest, before we go too far into this, you may not like the sermon because it's a pretty tough, tough road to hoe when you, you start to study scripture on what the wise men did. It's pretty amazing. In fact, let's just look at the first scripture and we'll dig in from here because it's, it, it's, it's pretty crazy what happens here. Check out the scripture. It says in Matthew chapter two, Jesus was born in Bethlehem in Judea during the reign of King Herod, about the time about that time, some wise men from eastern lands arrived in Jerusalem asking, where is the newborn king of the Jews? We saw his star as it rose and we have come to worship him. King Herod was deeply disturbed when he heard this, as was everyone in Jerusalem. He called a meeting of the leading priests and teachers of religious law and asked, where is the Messiah supposed to be born? So these wise men came all the way. We now know, scholars know, that it was basically Persia that they came from. So to put that in perspective, these wise men, by camel and walking, came 900 miles just to bring a gift to the newborn baby king. Think about that for a second. Now, if I walk 900 miles somewhere, I better expect you to appreciate me. <laughs> right? Think about that. Okay. 
just to put that in perspective, because I think we have a hard time understanding how far that is. So if you are in South Texas, if you're near the water in South Texas, that means that you would walk or go by camel or a combination of both from South Texas all the way to Pueblo, New Mexico. Or if you're in San Antonio, you would walk and take camels from San Antonio all the way to Colorado Springs, Colorado. Just to try to help you understand the kind of distance we're talking about. And when they got there, did everyone stand there and go, oh, you guys are amazing. I can't believe you made this journey. Oh, you're just awesome. Wow, just thank you so much. Oh, that's, oh no. They walk up. First thing someone said to me, hey, what are you doing here? Oh, we're, we're just looking for the, king, the newborn king of the Jews. We're following the star and, and the prophecies. You know, basically, they must have known about the prophecy from Micah chapter 5, verse 2, which was hundreds of years before, actually about 500 years before. No, we're just following the prophecies. We saw the stars. We know that it must... And, 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 what, and what does the king say? Whoa, 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 no, 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 what are you talking about? I'm the king here. We're talking about this newborn king. I'm the king. So Herod is upset. You ever, you ever done something for someone and they didn't appreciate it? You ever been really nice to someone, went out of your way for someone, and you feel like they could care less what I'm going through for them, what I've done for them? And it can, it can leave you bitter, can't it? Can lead you, it can leave you resentful. Now, don't point to someone across the room or elbow someone. You can talk later. <laughs> but the truth is it can really frustrate you, can it not? And so that's how the wise men must have felt in their frustration. Like, we came all this way and you're just questioning us like we're doing something wrong. First of all, uh, even today it's not safe to go across the Middle East, let alone back then. I mean, it's still not safe. This is crazy what they did. From Persia to Israel, that is some distance. And so they walked all the way there. But I think we forget this about having a giving heart is that the very first thing, before I even say a point, I want to mention one thing. Why was Herod upset? Herod was upset because he was not an Israelite. He was an Edomite. So Herod is like, what are you talking about? This newborn king, I want no part of that. Because he knew if someone was actually from Israel that fulfilled all the prophecies, then that would dethrone him. And I just want to ask you before I go any further about any part of this message, could it be that the reason we don't even like talking about giving, the reason we don't even like talking about sacrifice is because the truth is, is that it's actually confronting the fact that if we admit that Christ is on the throne, then we have to get off the throne. So this message is going to be countercultural. In fact, this whole series is, if you want this to be a December to remember, and not a December like last year or the year before, then the very first thing we have to do is recognize that the real issue with Christmas and really our world today way beyond Christmas is this. We keep trying to build our own little pile. We keep trying to have our own little kingdom. Worship me. Think about me. Give me lots of likes. We have social media. It's all about ourselves. Rather than saying, I want my life to be about someone else. So everything else I have to say, you would shrug your shoulders and be like, eh, I didn't really get it. I don't like the message. If someone doesn't like it, I don't think it's because the message is bad. I think it's because you're still on the throne in your life. But this message hits you. It could be because you're recognizing that you're actually not in charge of your life. Isn't it funny how even things that are supposed to be about God we make about ourselves? Some people didn't like worship today. They got their arms crossed. They're like, yeah, I don't like that song that much. I was kind of thinking more traditional or I like it a little louder, a little softer. You know, I like the other singer better than this singer. I wish it, oh, I'm sorry, you didn't like it. It wasn't for you. It was for the King of King and the Lord of Lords. I just think it's funny how we make even worshiping God about ourselves. We make prayer. It was supposed to be us going to God. We make that about ourselves. Lord, be with me, bless me, help me, watch over me, guide me. I mean, everything is me, 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 me. 
It's like at one point I think God's going to say, could you stop and recognize who's actually on the throne? Because it's not you. God's like, I am large and in charge, and you're supposed to be small and on call. Don't confuse the order. So this whole message will make no sense, may leave you frustrated or even, dare I say, offended if you're still on the throne. But if you recognize that you're actually not the rightful king of your own life, you're actually not the rightful king in this world, but there's another that we should bow to, then this message will make sense. Does that make sense? So let's just start with that premise, first of all. Time to dethrone yourself instead of making it about about other people. So let's jump in the scripture here once again. The first thing is this. When you are devoted to giving to Christ, expect resistance. Just expect it. You say, man, I start following God and all of a sudden everything falls apart in my life. Yep, because now the devil knows what you're doing and he wants to mess with you. Can I tell you why? Because see, when we really devote ourselves to Christ and realize my life is not just a gift I bring God, but my life is, is a gift to God. And we make our lives about devoting to him. We'll go through a long journey. We get all the way there and all of a sudden some Herod comes along. There's always a Herod in our life, by the way. There's always someone who thinks they're on the throne of their own life willing to mess with you, right? And so guess what? By the way, spiritual, when people tell me I'm being spiritually attacked, it's almost always a person, by the way. So let's you in on that. People say, I get spiritual attack. It's almost always someone doing something to you. And so I just want to encourage you. You know what they could have done? Herod could have said, hey, who are you? What are you doing here? They could have said, you know what? Hold this gift. Let me, let me deal with you right now. Because these guys were kings. They were wise men. They were of royalty. They're like, you think you're all royal? Hey, let me tell you something. They could have done that. But you know what they did? They said, no, 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 no. I don't want to set that down because this is why I'm here. You see, well, what you're going through right now, the drama in your life, the pain, the difficulty, the things that make no sense, the hurt, the very real unfairness that you're dealing with in your life, all of that isn't about that. All of that's about trying to get you to put down your purpose and focus on drama. So I want to challenge you, do not fall for the Herods of your life. Say, I don't know what you're all about. You can say what you're going to say, but I came 900 miles and this kid's getting this gift. Because that's what God told me to do months ago when I started off on this journey to get all the way here. I'm not going to let one person with your drama and all your anger and all your frustration, I'm not going to let you stop me from doing God's will in my life. Someone needs to give me an amen because you need to stay the course. You got to stay the course. I don't know what's going on in your life, but someone needs to hear this today. The devil's trying to pop you in the mouth. And you need to pop him back. Because God is bigger than whatever you're facing. God is bigger than whatever you're dealing with. You stay the course. Not only are we to bring gifts from, to God, we are a gift to God. How we respond to that person, how we respond to that frustration, that drama. I want to encourage you, stay above it and honor the Lord with your life. Because your life is way too valuable to always be caught up in someone else's drama and frivol things, frivolous things that are dumb, that are wasting your time. Quit focusing on those things. God has a purpose for you. It's much bigger. It's much bigger. Maybe I should just even this out just a little bit. There we go. feel a little better about myself now. Now look at the scripture goes on to say. It says this. After this interview, the wise men went their way, and the star they had seen in the east guided them to Bethlehem. It went ahead of them and stopped over the place where the child was. When they saw the star, they were filled with joy. They entered the house and saw the child with his mother Mary, and they bowed down and worshipped him. Then they opened their treasure chest and gave him gifts of gold, frankincense, and myrrh. Now, before we get to the gifts, did you notice it said they worshipped him? Then they opened their treasure chest. This is biblical, not only here in this story, 
But you find this in the Old Testament and all throughout the New Testament, that every time people come face to face with God, they would worship him. They would also bring a gift. So apparently worship is not complete without bringing an offering too. It's, it's throughout scripture. And so I just want to encourage you with this, that go find in, in the Old Testament, Gideon, an angel of the Lord shows up to him. He, he realizes this is an angel. He's kind of freaking out at one point when he realizes this is God. And what does he say to the angel? He says, please stay here. I'll be back. And he goes to prepare an offering to bring it before him. So apparently an offering is such a big deal that your worship's not complete without one. So our lives are to be an offering to God and we're to offer an offering to the Lord as well. So number two, bringing an offering demonstrates your understanding of who Jesus really is. Now let's think about the offering that these wise men brought Jesus. They went 900 miles. This, this must be a big deal. This offering must be a big deal. If you will walk 900 miles to deliver it, I would say this gift is a big deal. So shouldn't we maybe lean in and say, what does this gift have to do with Christmas? And so think about the gift. What, what, did, what, what was the gift? It was what? Let's say it aloud. It was what? Gold, frankincense, myrrh. Right. And so some of you know that from the Bible. Some of you know it because you grew up hearing the story. Either way, it's from the Word of God. And so these three gifts have meaning and character to who Jesus is in our lives. And so I want to break these down real quick if I can. The first one is gold. First of all, we obviously know gold's expensive. This is a very nice gift. They were bringing their best, okay? And so it says here in 1 Timothy 6, for at just the right time, Christ will be revealed from heaven by the blessed and only almighty God, the King of all kings and Lord of all lords. This speaks of, of Christ's deity. It also speaks of his royalness. He, he's royal. He's majestic. And those are the kind of words that are used with Christ. And so he's a king. And if you go to any kingdom anywhere in the world, there are still, I know we think this is like old school, this doesn't exist anymore. No, there's still kings. This still exists. There's places you can go where there's a king. You will find that they have a palace with gold in it. it it's just, it's, it's what marks the fact that you are of royal descent. And so gold has a lot of meaning. In fact, next week, I'm going to unpack gold. Next week's message is called You Are Golden. Don't miss it because this is one of the key colors of Christmas. The key colors are what? Red, green, and gold. Those are the three colors of Christmas. We're going to unpack those. Don't miss next week as we talk about that, especially we're going to talk about gold. But before we go any further, this, this means that he is your king, that Jesus is your king. Let's go back again. Are you going to be Herod? Are you going to be the wise men? Are you going to, are you going to try to fight to defend your throne? Are you going to give up the reign of your own life and say, I realize I'm not in charge. Jesus, you are my king, right? Jesus is king. Kanye said it right. Jesus is king. So he'd say, okay, I'm going to put you in charge, God, of every area of my life. Now, what's the next one? It's frankincense. Frankincense, the key word is the last half of that word is incense, right? Some of you like to burn candles. How many of you guys like a, like a nice smelling candle in your home this time of year? Anybody? Right? I see some guys' hands go up. Okay, dude, put your hand down. I'm just... <laughs> Like, you're going to have to give me your man card, okay? You just got to, you can't. That's fine if you do that. Just don't admit it, all right? Just, that's fine. Just blame it on your wife. You're like, no, no, I mean, it's my wife. She likes the candle. That's it's her, clearly, you know. But, you know, a nice-smelling candle is, is nice, right? I mean, some of you have those really expensive ones, like the Jo Malone, really. Is that what it's called, Jessica? Did I get that right? Jo Malone, is that, like, expensive one? Like, she just nods. She's like, yes, yeah. She knows, you know. Anyways, so she loves all these candles and the smells, and, right? The frankincense, okay? And so Hebrews 10 says this, for, God, for God's will was for us to be made holy by the sacrifice of the body of Jesus Christ once for all time. Under the old covenant, the priest stands and ministers before the altar day after day, 
offering the same sacrifices again and again, which can never take, take away sins. But our high priest offered himself to God as a single sacrifice for the sins, good for all time. Now, what this means is that priests would, in the Old Testament, they would light incense candles. Then they would also take a sacrifice, like a family would come in once a year, and they would say, this is the, the, the lamb we're going to give. This is the ox we're going to give to sacrifice for our sins, for our family's sins for the year. We're going to kill this, this animal. Jesus comes along and he says, I am the lamb of God. What was he referring to? He was, saying, he was saying, when I make the sacrifice for your sins, it's complete. It's done. You don't have to keep doing this. This whole system's broken. And so instead of doing that, you don't have to come and say, I'm so sorry, I messed up again. Here's something for my mess ups. And no, 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 I came to pay the price. So Jesus comes to give his life. So he is the priest because the priest would make sacrifices for us to have a connection back to God. The priest was literally, a priest is a mediator between God and the people. So you'd say, hey, go ask God this for me. Hey, God, so-and-so asked me, but what do you think? And the Lord would give him an answer and say, the Lord told me this is the answer. And so they were the mediator, right? Now Jesus died for our sins. He was the lamb of God. He sacrificed once and for all, which is why he was born, was to give his life. And so he is the incense also. By the way, incense, uh, in Revelation, around the throne of God are all these incenses coming up to the throne. You can just smell them. Those are the prayers of the people being prayed. How cool is that? So this also speaks to the character, not only does it speak that he's our king, it also says he's our priest. And so gold says he's your king. Frankincense says he's your priest. You know when you pray, at the end of your prayer, you say, in Jesus' name, amen. Amen means let it be. So you say, in Jesus' name, let it be. Basically what you're saying in Jesus' name, the reason we say that is because that's how we get access to the Father. We don't have to have someone else pray for us. We can go directly to God now because Jesus made that accessible to us. Isn't that cool? He's the reason we have direct access to God now because the lamb was slain. He died for our sins. He gave his very life. And so uh, our prayers also, uh, the incense that also tells us about how Jesus was, that he was constantly in prayer to the Father. Just go look at scripture. Every time he would be talking to people, healing people, preaching, the next thing you know, they're like, 10 minutes later, like, where, anybody see where, where'd Jesus go? And he just wandered off and then he'd come back, and go, oh, I was with the Father. He was talking to God. So that's part of the way we're supposed to live our lives and be in constant communication with God. Can we just be honest for a moment? Normally we're in constant communication with social media, constant communication with Netflix, constant communication with the radio, but we're supposed to be in constant communication with God. Again, let me just remind you, who's in the throne? Dethrone yourself. He's in charge. Put him in the rightful place in your life. He is your king. He is also your priest. Here's what's great about that too. That means he's your advocate. Did you know Jesus is in heaven praying for you? Did you know that? Some of you, when, when life falls apart, you're like, quick, hand me the phone. I got to call my lawyer. Jesus is your lawyer. He's your advocate. He's your attorney. He is already at the court on your behalf right now. Isn't that great to know that? So he knew what was going down before it went down, and he is there to back you up, to defend you, to help you in your time of need. You are not alone. A good lawyer will tell you, hey, I got this. Just chill out. It's going to be okay. You let me do the worrying. I'll go through the court. I'll appeal to the judge. You just chill out. I got, and Jesus says, I got this. Not only do I got this, Jesus is like, hey, not only do I got this, I'm going to go before the judge. I got good news for you. I'm going to go before the judge. <laughs> He's my dad. <laughs> that really helps. He's like, not only do I have access to the judge, he is my daddy. 
And so when he loves you as much as I love you, I am here to help you. Jesus is there in our time. And I don't know what you're going through, but aren't you, aren't you glad Jesus is with you? He's with you. He's your advocate. And the last one here is myrrh. This means he's your suffering servant. Wow, we don't like to talk about that. But he suffered. He suffered on the cross for us. Isaiah 53 says, but he was crushed for our sins. He was beaten so we could be whole. He was whipped so we could be healed. All of us like sheep have strayed away. We have left God's path to follow our own. Yet the Lord laid on him the sins of us all. He was oppressed and treated harshly, yet he never said a word. He was like a lamb to the slaughter. And as a sheep is silent before the shearers, he did not open his mouth. And so he is our suffering servant. I don't know what you're going through right now, but I need to let you in on something. For you to become more like Christ, you're going to have to suffer. No one likes to talk about this. this talk about a countercultural message today. You're like, okay, you're talking about giving, and, and I'm not in charge, and I'm supposed to suffer. Thanks, Bill. Glad I came to church today. It really encouraged me. But guys, if you don't know this, you'll be shocked by it. You'll feel like, oh, what's wrong with me? Or why is this unfair? And my life is so bad. And I can't believe, no, everyone goes through this. There are no exceptions to the suffering rule. All of us. For you to become more like Christ. Guys, I need to tell you something. I don't like this, but it's true. When I'm going through it, I preach better. When I'm going through it, I live better. I just have to be honest with you. You become more like Christ in your suffering than you ever will in your good times. It's just the truth. So if you're going to grow to become like Christ, part of it is, he said this way, he said to know, to know Christ is to know suffering, to share in the sufferings. And so that's part of, of walking with the Lord. So you may be really going through right now. And can I tell you, there's purpose in it. God has a plan in that. Now I'm not saying God causes hard times, but God knew it was coming. You know, we have several friends who have had babies in the last month. So my wife is so excited because she gets to buy baby clothes again. You know, she's so fired up. She's buying all these clothes. I'm like, babe, babe, we don't have any babies. What are you doing? Stop. She's buying all these baby clothes. She loves all that, right? And so she's like, we're going to go take a meal and get dressed up. We're going to go over there. We're going to hold the baby. So I'll walk in. I'm like, oh, let me see the baby. I'll wash my hands real quick and hold the baby. And she brings him a meal. And then she brings him a baby gift. It's really a lot of fun. But, you know, when the wise men did that, they showed up and brought a baby gift. One of them was like, hey, here's some gold. I'm sure Mary and Joe's like, whoa. That's a lot, man. Thank you. That's really going to help us. We know scholars tell us it's probably how they made their journey. You know, when they had to travel to Nazareth, they probably used the resources of that to really help. And this frankincense had great meaning as well, you know. And so who doesn't like a nice smelling candle? Who doesn't, you know, understand that? But then the third gift, huh, whoa, 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 what are we doing? So just imagine me and my wife showing up at someone's house with a newborn baby and be like, hey, we got you a great gift. You're going to love it. Bring it in, guys. And they bring in a casket. You'd be like, whoa, whoa, what do you? What are you sick? What are you, are you kidding me? I'm like, oh no, I mean, we're believing the best. We've got a full size casket thinking they're going to make it to be an adult, but you know, eventually they're going to die and we want to go ahead and get it. You'd be like, that is a terrible gift. Why would you get myrrh? Myrrh was used to embalm the dead. Makes no sense unless you, again, dethrone yourself, put Christ on the throne and recognize that he was born to die. He came to give his life for you and me. That's why he came. That's why there's gold, because he is our king. There's frankincense, because he's our priest. And there's myrrh, because he's our suffering servant. Another way to put that is it's prophecy. So he's our prophet, priest, and king. That's where we get those three terms from. It's right here. From the gold 
the frankincense and the myrrh. You may say, man, I'm really suffering. I, I'm going through it. Some of you right now are like, well, I'm going through it. But I got some friends, man, they're loaded. They don't have any problems. Oh, whoa, 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 whoa. It's because you got money that means you have problems, okay? Take it from the great theologian, Notorious B.I.G. More money, <laughs> more problems. <laughs> no one gets around this in their life. So I just want to encourage you that whatever you're facing, everyone goes through a season with their kids, with their finances, with their health, with their marriage, with their attitude, maybe with depression, maybe a legal battle. Everyone goes through a tight, lean, difficult season or two. No one is the exception. I just want to encourage you as we talk about this for a moment. Could God be using the very thing you're trying to pray away? The very thing you're saying, God, could you just remove this? And God's like, I could do that, but then you wouldn't be much like my son. So I think instead we're going to let this stay a little bit to grow you. The Bible is very clear that, that there's going to be a season of suffering before God relieves us. Think about it. God with his own son, when Jesus said, why, why are you forsaking me? God says, he turned it back and said, no, because I, I need to. Because for you to be the Savior, you have to be separated from the Father for a season. Wow. What Christ went through for you and for me is, is it's unbelievable. Then the last couple of scriptures I want to read here. Romans 5, 8 says, But God demonstrates his love for us in this. While we were still sinners, Christ died for us. He, he, he was our gift. So it makes sense that they brought gifts to the gift. Jesus is the gift. And then Proverbs 3, 5 through 10. I want to tie these together because we typically quote one or the other verse, but we don't realize they're the same chapter. Sometimes we forget that things are supposed to be linked. If they're, if they're linked, they should be linked. And here's two verses that are linked from the same chapter. Proverbs 3. Trust in the Lord with all your heart. Lean not on your own understanding. Let me ask you something right now. Are you frustrated right now? This doesn't make sense. When I'm going through, I can't believe this happened. I can't believe they did this. I can't believe they said that. I mean, what's happening in our world today? Well, well, trust in the Lord with all your heart. But pastor, how can you even say that? Don't you see what's going on politically? It's a big giant mess. Uh -huh. All right, trust in the Lord with all your heart. But the economy's a mess and all my Christmas gifts are on some barge in the middle of the Atlantic. And how can you say that? Trust in the Lord with all your heart. But you don't know what I'm going through. My marriage, when my kids are acting up and there's all this mess. Trust in the Lord with all your heart. Lean not on your own understanding. Let me tell you something about understanding. You know, as an employer, I'm a pastor. I'm not a king. I'm not claiming to be a king here, but I am a pastor and I have employees. I have people that work for the church, that work, work for me, and, I, and I'm giving directives all the time. And sometimes we're so busy doing things, I don't have time to tell people why we're doing it. They say, hey, can you run the store and get this? Or, hey, can you go do this? Or go tell this person that. And, and they look at me like, well, why do you need that? I'm like, I, I don't have time to really explain. Can you just go do this? Well, I don't understand. Well, can, you just, can you just go do what I asked? You ever been there? I know some people that maybe have people that work for them, maybe you're a manager in a company or something. Or if you're having a hard time understanding, how about this one? You know what? I need you to go do it because I'm your mother. Because I'm your father. Oh, I know you understand that one, don't you? Because what the person that's saying, would you just explain everything to me? What they're really saying is, I think I've got authority here. And so until I can understand and really agree with it, I think I'm going to not going to do it. See, God's saying, trust in the Lord with all your heart. He's saying, why do I have to always stop and explain everything I'm doing to you? Why don't you just trust that I'm actually a good God, that I have your plans in mind, that I love you, that I will take care of you, and just obey me? Trust in the Lord with all your heart, even when nothing makes sense. 
This is a jacked up, you know what show. <laughs> Trust in the Lord with all your heart. When nothing makes sense, he told the people in Acts, Trust in the Lord with all your heart as Rome burns and you have to run out of the city and leave because they're blaming it on the Christians. Trust in the Lord with all your heart as John the Baptist was beheaded. One of the greatest men in the Bible gave his life for the Lord, and that's how he went out. Trust in the Lord with all your heart as David's own son turned on him. Trust in the Lord with all your heart as you're betrayed, as you're hurting, when things don't make sense. We see a lot of pain here. It's a big church, and people kind of think, oh, all these people, and big budget and lots of buildings. I'm going to tell you something else is really big. We get an overwhelming amount of pain that comes in the door. If I could just begin to tell you stories, it'd break your heart. And they're not one or two. They're, they're everywhere. And I just want to encourage you, trust in the Lord with all your heart. Lean not on your own understanding. In all your ways, submit to him. All your good ways and your bad ways, your strengths and your weaknesses, your hopes, your dreams, your addictions, your legal battles, your struggles, your health issues, your marriage problems, the struggle you're having with one of your kids. Trust in the Lord with all of it. Lean not on your own. You don't have, you don't have to get it. Just submit it to him. Just submit it to him. So it says this, trust in the Lord with all your heart, lean on your understanding, in all your ways submit to him, and he will make your path straight. He will make it straight, not you. I know you've been trying to figure it out, trying to fix it. You're not supposed to fix it. It's not yours to fix. It's God's. Do not be wise in your own eyes. Fear the Lord and shun evil. Then right after this, guess what's tied directly to? It's very interesting that it ties this together. Honor the Lord with your wealth. <laughs> what in the world does that have to do with trust in the Lord with all your heart? If you've never tied before, believe me, you'll learn to trust the Lord with all your heart the first time you do it. When you're like, oh, man, I could really think of another use of this money right now. God, are you sure you know what you're doing? Are you sure this is your plan? The Lord's like, I got you. I got you. He says, honor the Lord with your wealth, with the first fruits of your crops. Then your barns will be filled with overflowing and your baths will brim over with new wine. God says, I'm going to bless you. I'm not, I'm not trying to get something from you to leave you broke. He says, I'm going to bless you too. Because he says, I'm a good king. So trust me. And then basically he's saying this, hey, don't forget about my house. Then I won't forget about your house. That's how, that's how the Lord works. Oh, well, I'm good. I just caught that. So I'm good. I just saw in the scripture it says, honor the Lord with your wealth. I'm not wealthy. So pastor, you're clearly talking to someone else. <laughs> oh, I'm sorry. Are you an American? Then you're incredibly wealthy. This book was written to the whole world. Where do you think you stand economically compared to the rest of the world? People are not putting boats together with barrels to try to get to Cuba. They're trying to get to America. People aren't illegally crossing our borders so they can get here and then go somewhere else. You are the most wealthy people in the world. So God says to you and me, with the fact that we were probably late to church because we couldn't figure out which outfit to wear because there were so many of them. Honor the Lord with your wealth. It, it ties directly to who's on the throne. 
Is Jesus really in charge or are you in charge? You trying to build your own pile or give to God? Oh, and here's what I've learned about God. If, you, if you'll give him a pile, he'll, he'll, he'll make your pile bigger. So you can then give more to him and then he'll make your pile. It's just, it's a cycle that, that God does. It's not even about the, it's not even about the money. It's not about the gift. It's, it's about our hearts. So I want to challenge you today. For God so loved the world that he gave his one and only son. But God demonstrates his love towards us and that while we were sinners, Christ died for us. He gave his son. Will you give your life to him? Or are you so angry at someone? Someone hurts you so bad, you're so mad, you're just like, no, I'm just going to deal with you. Let me tell you right now. No, 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 Don't detach from your purpose. You came all this way, wise man. I don't care what they said, what they did, or what you're going. Don't you miss the Savior and you're part of the story just because someone hurts you. Don't miss it. I'm going to ask right now. I just believe God's moving. Do you believe that? I believe God is stirring right now in his house. So right now, would you stand to your feet across all of our different churches right now? If you are struggling today saying, I'm having a hard time with this trust thing. You don't know what's going down. God knows. I want to encourage you right now during this prayer time. We're going to open up the stage, the platforms at all of our campuses. If you need to admit, God, I have been sitting on that throne and I'm angry because I think I'm in charge and I realize I'm not. So I come before you. I humble myself. I need to dethrone myself today. You just come forward right now. If that's you, you just come forward and dethrone yourself and you put Jesus in charge of your life again. Just put him in charge. Maybe today you're going through it as a family. And it's time to remember, maybe you're not coming forward to, to dethrone yourself, but to remind you who's on the throne. You already know who's on the throne in your life. Come forward. You honor the Lord today. Every head bowed, every eye closed today. If that's you, if you say, Pastor, I'm going to be honest with you, I, I'm so angry, so frustrated. I get it. You're like, all I'm trying to do is good. I'm just trying to do something good for someone. I show up, 900-mile journey, and the first thing they're doing is they're questioning me. You gotta be kidding me. Yep. That's what it looks like. See, real giving is not rewarded here. It's rewarded in heaven. So maybe today it's time to say, God, I'm sorry. I, I, I've been even making my gift to you about me, <laughs> expecting all these applause and everyone, oh, you're so great. And it's like, wait a minute, but I'm not so great. He's so great. Your head bowed and your eyes closed. I just want to encourage you in this prayer time. Put him back on the throne of your life. If that's you today, you say, Pastor, I need to put him on the throne. Just lift your hand high. If you say, I'm dethroning myself today. I'm putting him in charge. Thank you. There are hands going up all across our churches right now. Those are online right now. You can put it in the text chat right now. Say, I've dethroned myself. Just put it there. I'm not in charge. I'm not making it about myself. Praise God. Lord, I've piled up enough for me. It's time for me to honor you. If your head bowed and your eyes closed, if you've never given your life to Christ, you can receive him right now by praying a very simple prayer. You can pray this prayer with me. You can just say, Dear Jesus, I realize I need you. I believe you died on the cross to pay the price for my sins. Please come in my heart. Be my Lord and my Savior. I dethrone myself. I put you on the throne of my life. Thank you, Jesus, for saving me. With your head bowed and your eyes closed, no one's looking around. If you just gave your life to Christ, would you just lift your hand high? 
If you just gave your life to Christ, just lift your hand high. Praise God. If you just gave your life to Christ, just lift your hand high. We see those hands right now. Stone Oak, thank you, Rodfield. We see those hands, Padre Island, Rockport. Thank you. Those who are watching online, you can just simply put in the text of chat, my hand's raised. You can just text it to us right now. Maybe you're at churchunlimited.com. Just click right now, hand raised. Let us know if you just gave your life to Christ. You're not alone. There's a lot of dethroning going on right now. And we're putting Christ at the center of our lives. Praise God. God, thank you for your word. Thank you for your truth. Thank you, Lord. That just like those wise men, we will not be deterred. We will not let the Herods of this world block us from doing what you called us to do on this journey to honor Jesus. We will continue to be faithful to you. Thank you, God, for what you're doing in this place. Thank you, Lord, that we can trust in the Lord with all our heart. We don't lean on our understanding. In all our ways, we submit to you, and you make our path straight. In Jesus' name we pray, and all God's people said, amen. amen. Isn't God good? His word is so true. Thank you so much. You may be seated. Can we give everyone who came forward a hand right now? Thank you for honoring the Lord with your life at all of our campuses right now. We appreciate you guys doing that. Pastor?